Welcome to Birdland tonight. I'm Matt Soroka, joined by Josh Soroka, breaking down a 3-2 Orioles win on a little West Coast late-night baseball. Josh, what do you say? I mean, the Orioles are, uh, what, 12 and 14? Who would have guessed that a month into baseball were uh, still hovering close to 500? Yeah, yeah. And tonight was, I thought tonight was an absolutely great game. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot to talk about. A little bit uh, a little bit sweaty here at the end. Yeah, first time we've seen some drama with Valdez. Valdez. Yeah, well, I mean, one would argue he blew the save, what, just yesterday? Again, uh, the Thursday day game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, but a little bit excited with Valdez. Um, some stuff to get here to here with with uh, uh, Mays Mays and Hollins. I mean uh, Mullins and Hayes. Hayes Mays. You just combining them? Yeah. Well, I love them. I love them. So I'll just start calling them Hollins and Mays because oh, it's, it's the best outfield we've had in a long time. Yeah, I'm excited about this. But also, we got to talk Mount Castle as well. Yeah, and we'll get to Mount Castle. But the story of this game, don't get it twisted. The story of this game, and this has become the story every fifth day for the Orioles. Yeah, that's the pitching of John Means. John yeah. Means tonight was was brilliant, um, and and he got off to he got off to a little bit of a rocky start. I, I was watching the game at that, and, uh, and I was thinking, oh man, this is not going well. Because Fires on the other side was he was he was he was painting the uh, painting the black, as they say. And the bottom of the first inning, John Means had two hard hit balls, got out of the inning. Next inning, gave up the home run um, yeah, to Sean Murphy. Next at bat, walks the guy on four pitches, walks Ch- right. Ch- uh, Chapman. It appears to have no control over his fastball. The home <laughs> run he gave up to, um, to, to, to Sean Murphy was just a, a belt-high fastball right down the middle that he crushed. Yeah. And you're thinking, oh, man, I, I, th- this, is, this is not going well. But then nothing else bad happened. Well, after he walks Chapman, he strikes out the next two guys. And then he strikes out like two guys every inning for, for 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 the rest of the game. He gave up one other home run. Um, he didn't give up another hit until the sixth inning when he gave up that that second home run. Um, so, yep. so and that was it. That was it. The the seven innings, three hits, two runs, nine strikeouts, bringing his ERA up to one point seven zero. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was brilliant. He was throwing. I mean, his strikeout to ball ratio was sixty three strikes to thirty balls, which is, which is what you want to see. Um, only the one walk, so that nine strikeouts right. to one walk is the ratio that you want to see, yeah, and only the three hits. I mean, that's four base runners, three hits and 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 a walk um, over seven innings is, right. is kind of incredible. And it's unfortunate he gave up the two home runs, but all in all, another just stud performance by. Uh, our ace and not yeah. just our ace, but, but one of the aces in baseball. I was looking before the game. He was coming into the game with the third best ERA in the American league. Even with his ERA going up a slight amount, it might push him back to the fourth, but that's it. He's one of the, he's the top pitcher in baseball. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so we need to get comfortable. I mean, I mean, it's fun seeing like Chapman was so frustrated, yeah. so frustrated trying to, trying to hit against John means um, kind of, you know, throwing his bat down and stuff. And usually it's 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 the reverse. Um, it's it's I'm used to our hitters being frustrated. I'm used to seeing Chris Davis break a bat over his knee or something. But but this is the opponent being frustrated right. by our starting pitchers, which is a nice change of pace. Yeah. Yeah. So two wins in a row for the Orioles. Like nice they they split the series with the Yankees, then travel. The Orioles have a history of traveling to the West Coast and then not doing well once they travel. 
So it's a great way to start off this road trip. Yeah, absolutely. And you and I remember looking at the opening lineup. I'm like, oh no, oh no. I mean, if you look at the opening lineup, our the bottom half. I mean, because we had no Galvis tonight, we had no Franco tonight, right? right. So, so that means all kind of the backups are in. Baleka's in, Darius in, and no Ruiz is in. You had Cisco in, and Cisco catcher. was in too. Yeah, so it was like it, felt, it felt a little bit playing like, short. Valleca playing second, and Ruiz over at third. Yeah, none of that's what you want. No, and if you look at that lineup. So starting number five, Mountcastle, who hasn't been hitting a lick, yeah. right? And then after Mountcastle, Ruiz, Valleca, Cisco, your your Urias. Yeah. You think, oh my gosh, like how are we going to score any runs? Yeah. Um, and how did we score? We only scored three. Um, a couple things to note about that lineup, though. All Malcaso had two hits. Yep. Everyone else had at least one hit from from six down. Right. Everyone tonight except Mancini and Stewart had hits. Yeah. And Stewart got a walk, so he yeah. got on base. Mancini was the only guy to not see the base. Yeah. But but the problem is, and this is becoming, I feel like a recurring problem, is we're good at getting singles. <laughs> we're good at getting two singles in an inning. Yes. But we're not good at driving in runs. Yep, there was really a really risk. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, our runs came off of a home run from Mullins, a home runs from Hayes. Those, those are our two runs, and then a um, fielder's a, choice, a fielder's choice by Mullins um, for yeah. for our third run, and that was it. And that was it. Right. And there was opportunities with men on base for Mancini, for Hayes, for Ruiz um, throughout the game, and they just didn't come through. Right. It's not really what you think of as manufacturing runs. They're not yeah. knocking people around the bases. Well, well, even and and the the two spots that hurt is the fifth inning and the sixth inning because Fires was getting tired in the fifth and the sixth he was he couldn't find a strike zone. I don't know why he stayed in as long as he did. Um, but then there was that. So there was the four straight pitch to walk Stewart. Then there was the single by Mountcastle in the sixth inning, and so Ruiz was up there with runners on first and second. And then it was a weird little thing happened. Where Ruiz started to put his hand up to call time, right? And at the same moment, the, pitch the pitcher came. pitched it, and so and he did like an emergency hack, and it ground into a double play. Yep. Um. So that was weird. And the other frustrating thing was the inning, the the, the prior inning, the the top of the fifth. Um. After he had after Mullins had the RBI ground out, the runner went to third. Your your Ruiz went to third. I guess at that point, it was Cisco went to third with just one out and Hayes at the plate. And all Hayes needs to do is get a ball in the outfield um, with one out to drive in another run, and he ends up popping it up. And you just thought, oh, man, this is going to come back to bite us. It's going to come back to bite us. And thankfully, and the story of this Orioles team this year so far has been John Means and our bullpen. Um, and this, this, this game is also about our bullpen because our offense, again, not coming through outside of Mullins and Hayes, um, but our bullpen came through big time. So that's great to see. Yeah, and even our defense is playing extremely well. Um, I think we're one of the top defensive teams in baseball for this first month, which is impressive, and it's part of what's helping John Means uh, and other pitchers through this. And I think you're seeing that because of the range of having guys like Cedric Mullins and Austin Hayes in this outfield. Yeah, our outfield defense has been really nice. Um, it's been really good. Tonight, there was no real challenges for our outfield. There were. The only challenges, only t- tough plays came actually to Ruiz at third base. And Ruiz played really well today, right. both with some a couple hard liners right at him that, that he made the play on. Almost had that really nice double play in the ninth inning. And then a couple yeah. like balls, um, kind of slow hit ground balls where he cut off the shortstop and spun around and made the good throw. So Ruiz, I thought, I think Ruiz defensively, second, third, I think I think he's played really well th- this year. And yeah, outfield, I mean, offensively, 
Hayes and Mullins were responsible for all our runs today. Yep. But but defensively, I mean, it's just just we're a much better defensive team when yeah. you have both Mullins and Hayes in the outfield. Hayes with his you know arm throwing ability and his speed, and Mullins with his speed, absolutely. Right. Um, and it's also like it's not like it's in small ballpark. It's the Coliseum, so you're expecting things to go weird with the ball deeper outfields, deeper foul territory. You're expecting the balls to to be a little more difficult. Yeah, like there was that that uh, even in that that home run, that second home run, um, that that um, means gave up. It went like you couldn't even see the ball anymore because once you get past Cedric Mullins, between Cedric Mullins and the wall is just like a dark area. It's <laughs> just like yeah, in the shadows. So, so I don't know. Like did, that ball might not have even been a home run. It could have just went in the shadows somewhere <laughs> and no one ever found it. Right. Who knows? It's it's weird because I was looking at the shadows too. Because it's really weird because it's not like this is the first year they've played baseball in it. And I know the Coliseum's like this old, decrepit stadium. But why wouldn't you fix the lights years ago? If you're not going to buy a new stadium, fix the lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't understand how, or at least like, I'll, I got a couple lamps over here. Can I put a couple lamps right. out there past the 388 sign pull, pull and just shine it out there? Around. Yeah, yeah. Can we get a bunch of fans out there with their cell phone, you know, lights just sh- shining down on there to shine some light in that area? I also don't understand why there's still cardboard cutouts behind the in the first rows behind the home plate. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that either. I, I, um, I think I, I was looking at the Norfolk Tides website. I think they were selling cutouts too, and I, but they were also allowing fans. I don't, I don't really get that either. Oh, money making. Yeah. Good idea. Um. You know, I was having trouble getting the game on because the Major League Baseball, we've talked about this on Section 336 before, but Major League Baseball kept telling me that the game was blacked out in Florida. And it would say, and it'd do Against the little the pinpoint Oakland, Baltimore game? in Florida, but then it would say it was blacked out. And then I'd keep, I ended up like restarting my phone and restarting my computer and logging in and then keep trying and eventually it said, okay, you can get in. It kept telling me I was blacked out in Florida for an Oakland Athletics game. Oh, that's weird. I'm just happy that I can watch it on Masson.com. You know, Masson.com. So I'm not complaining. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but uh, the the other stupid thing impressed I want to get to real quick is yeah. is the bullpen here. I I, I mean, because this is – and I was a little bit nervous. Here, here was my concern about this year. Okay. Not, not just about this game, but about this year. I thought, okay, we have Tanner Scott – I was a big Valdez guy even before the season started, so I love yep. Valdez. Um, I was loving – I was pumped about Hunter Harvey. Hopefully yeah. he comes back I at some point. I, I'm betting you didn't even think of uh, Laskin, Lackins being on this team or who he was. Yeah, no, I, I didn't. And so, my, and so I, I thought, okay, like this is going to be in every other game. Like every, like every other game we can have – we can play our good bullpen arms and we can play a competitive game. Then the next day – those bullpen arms will be used up and we'll have to go to these trash guys and we'll give up a ton of runs. But, but the reality is Lakins um, is pitching in these crucial moments. He's pitching really well. All these guys, by the way, Josh, that pitched today also pitched yesterday. I think this is true in, in the extra inning game against the Yankees. I think it's true for all of them. I think yeah. Fry pitched uh, yesterday. Lakins pitched yesterday. Um, so, and Val- Valdez, of course, pitched, pitched y- y- yesterday. And so the fact that they're going back-to-back and the fact that our bullpen not only has Lakins and Valdez and Fry, we didn't even pitch arguably our best bullpen arm in Tanner Scott. We also have, um, I saw Cole Saucer was one with their hand. People are in, are in love. People are starting to fall in love with Dylan Tate. 
I'm to me, this is like I just I'm kind of blown away about how effective and the numbers are there to support how good our bullpen is. Um, but but how how effective these kind of random dudes who yeah. who I didn't think were, you know we're just looking for a spot in the majors to kind of you know hold us over. They're pitching really well, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, they were talking on the radio tonight about the bullpen coach. Uh, what is it, Holmes? Holt, Holt. Holtz. Holtz. Yeah. And how Holtz, like part of his thing is like keeping everyone loose in the bullpen and having fun out there and no pressure because bullpen pitchers notoriously come in to games at high-pressure situations. You don't really bring in a bullpen pitcher much very often if things are going great. You bring them in when things are bad. So part of his strategy is to keep everything loose out there. And he thinks that's part of what helps him get the guys in shape. So when they come in, they're, they're relaxed. Yeah, and I think there's going to be some questions. I mean, Valdez, he walked a tightrope tonight. And I think people are going to be quick to turn on Valdez. Yes. Because he doesn't couple, have yes. the dominant stuff. So just wait, just wait. Because he, I saw someone uh, tweet today that he's, yeah, he's just not getting it done. He's, he's been really yep. bad this year. Saw, he's giving up two runs all year. Two runs the entire year, Valdez has. Yeah, when um, that... Uh, Double play was not a double play in the ninth. Yeah, but yeah, I, I saw people immediately jump off uh, saying, "Enough dead fish for me." And and I was actually and and like I get it. Like I think because he starts off so many times three and zero, oh, and sometimes it's like the dead fish isn't there, and then it comes and right. it goes. Like he's just not. He's but that's, inconsistent. But that's also that inconsistency is also why it works. Yes, I agree. Because the, because the batters see the same inconsistency that we see. I agree. I just I don't I I question if the bottom of the ninth in a one run game is the best right. time for that inconsistency. <laughs> well, remember, I always pushed for that to be in between Tanner Scott and Hunter Harvey. I wanted that an eighth as an eighth inning guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's what I like. I like I like him in between a couple hard throwers. I agree. Right. Though the weird thing about the bullpen usage is, I feel like Manager Hyde lied to us because I feel like he said it's going to be closure by committee. He did. He um, said he doesn't believe in having a closer. Which is Clearly in line with some of the closer. favorite metric stuff. You do the best matchup. But yeah. so far, and I think this is true, that almost, if not every save opportunity has gone to I would assume. Valdez. This I is like his eighth, so. I think. This is, his sixth, this is his sixth save. Yeah, out of eight, I think. Six out of out eight. Of, out of 12 wins. So, yeah. Yeah. Eight of them were probably save situations. Um, but, yeah, so I, I, I wonder what the – and I was really surprised actually to tonight because – after in, the, in that ninth inning, right, you get the leadoff single from Sean Murphy. You go three and zero against Chapman. Then, then after after your three and zero against Chapman, um, you you get a shot at the bullpen, and all of a sudden you see Cole Saucers warming up. Right. And then and then you get the, and then after that you get that hard line out, like the guy crushed it at Ruiz, who wasn't able to turn the double play. And I thought at that point, so he had walked Chapman. Or no, that uh, Chapman had got yep. a single, so Chapman was on base, two runners on. Next guy hit the line. I thought at that point, Salser was coming in the game. Like, why yep. is Salser warming up? It's the bottom of the ninth, unless you're going to put him in the game because you feel like Valdez isn't getting the job done. So I was surprised that, that honestly, that he had Salser warming up, but chose not to bring him in. He kept yep. Valdez in there. Um, and Valdez um, got the job done. Yep. What was going through my mind at that point was, I was thinking about, wow, this is a pretty fast game. It's like it was, it was like two and a half hours at that point. I was like, yeah. this is great for a West Coast game. And then I just saw it falling apart. And I was like, oh, this is going into extras. I'm screwed. 
Yeah, it's always those late innings you got to watch because right. yeah, John Means he works he works fast. This is why I only do post game shows for John, for Means. John Means. That's my role. Yeah, because it's faster and we usually win. Uh, yeah, so that, it makes it a lot easier to talk Oriole baseball when they win. Yeah, absolutely. But we mentioned it at the at the top. Ryan Mountcastle had two hits. One of them a strong uh, single uh, in between uh, third and second, and the and the other one a little bit of a blue pit in the center field. Uh, yeah, but but but. but but two two hits, so that, that's good to see for Ryan that, And that's what we need for a guy who's really been pressing at the plate and not getting the balls to drop. He really needed those. So hopefully that's something to build on. Yeah, he's still a bit frustrating to watch. I mean, and because I mean, there, there, there was a situation when when he was, you know, the guy walked the, the previous batter in four pitches and then Ryan Mancouser comes up there and there's a ball like three feet inside. And the count's one and oh, and it's the ball's three feet inside and he swings at it. Yeah. Like his plate discipline and swinging at balls outside the strike zone. He's like Chris Davis. When, when no, like I feel like Chris Davis would just more stare at everything, even strikes right well, down the yeah, middle. Maybe so, maybe in the later years. Yeah. And Ryan Mountcastle would just swing at everything within, you know, 50 feet. And part of this is what I think Ryan Mountcastle is a good kind of bad ball hitter and can hit balls out of the strike zone. But also, especially when he's struggling, you wish you'd be a little bit more patient. Um, uh, and yeah. But and swing the balls in the strike zone. Remember years ago when we were in Bowie and we were talking to DJ Stewart about uh, taking pitches and he was told that the Orioles are telling him to be more aggressive, that he's taking too many pitches and mm-hmm. being too patient at the plate and they want to see more aggressiveness. So I yep. wonder how much of that is the Oriole way, telling him to swing away. Well, and I just saw a crazy stat that, and not, not going to find it, but I think someone in the Birdland Network tweet, tweeted this out, that – DJ Stewart has has like one of the fewest pitches per at bats in all of baseball, which I thought was pretty interesting. That he's just not seeing a lot of pitches um, because he's kind of, I guess, bought into the more aggressive kind of style. Um, yeah, and and maybe it's also how because a lot of that stuff too is how they're pitching them, right? Like right. if I'm if I'm a pitcher and I'm pitching against Ryan Mackhouse, so I'm not throwing him a strike, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw him two balls out of the strike zone, and chances are. At the worst worst case, it'd be one on one. Probably gonna be zero two because that's because because Ryan Mountcastle that right now does not have good plate di- discipline. Um, but I'm I'm glad they're continuing to bat him every day. I'm glad he's in the fifth hole. This is not like a bench situation, platoon situation. This is this kid can hit. Put him in the lineup every day. He's he's gonna figure it out. So I'm I'm. It was really encouraging to see Ryan Mountcastle with two hits. Um, totally. And yeah, and that combined with again. The back-to-back homers from Mullins and Hayes; um, those two things made this made, made this game. Uh, I mean, there's a reason why we won this game, and kind of the two highlights of the game. But all around, like this is was you beat the Yankees in extras, then you go all the way to the West Coast. Uh, Josh, get that nonsense comment off my feed, and then you go all the way to all the way to the West Coast to you know beat one of the best teams in the West in the Oakland Athletics. It's just it's a great two-game. Kind of, and you had all these, these these bullpen arms pitching on back to back nights. Uh, just you didn't have our best lineup out there. You had freaking Cisco, who at one point um, dropped a ball to let Kent run to third yep. base. I almost lost my mind. Um, so so given kind of the the lineup and everything, and it was just a really good win. So it's really good to start this West Coast trip uh, uh, with a win against the Athletics. I'm pumped all about right. it. All right. So conversations in the chat is John Means. No, no, I don't know. I, you know he is. The ace for the future for this World Series championship team eventually, or do you trade him now while he's hot? 
And AJ mentioned getting five prospects. I don't think anyone is giving up five prospects for anyone nowadays in baseball. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, I don't think you can get a lot for John Means, even as well as he's pitching right now. If you tried to trade him, I don't. Think yeah, it's worth you, it. yeah. If I if I showed you the return that John Means would have right now, you 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 would be upset and you'd be yeah. mad. Yeah, be because he hasn't done this for a long period of time. Um, you you you're trading like right now, John Means. Is you could argue he's the best pitcher in the, in the American League. He's one of the best pitchers in the American League. I, right. There's still a few For guys now. I would probably take over John Means, but right, he's still one of the right. top pitchers in the American League right now. But but there, there's no evidence that he can do this over a long period of time. Right. And his stuff, like you look at someone like Garrett Cole, who pitched tonight too, pitched I think six innings of shutout balls, struck out twelve guys in dominant fashion. John Means is not quite as dominant as some of the. You know, as some of the best pitchers in baseball, and even look at some of those numbers and stats. And if look at any trades we made for prospects, even trading Manny Machado and Zach Britton for prospects, you're not going to get any of that quality for John Means. And those aren't high level guys that rebuild your farm system. Yeah, and so I I mean, and I I don't want to. I I I really don't want to have this conversation because now every time John Means pitches well. We got to have this conversation, right? Well, that's um, kind of because Michael Elias, how he's kind of handled things. Well, because we're rebuilding, right? Right, but but I would argue, and so I'll say it now. I said it before, like the rebuilding is coming to an end, and you just can't rebuild forever. forever. Yep. Um, and so now is the time to stop rebuilding. You have John Means now. They just announced the the rosters for spring for um for the minor league teams. Yeah, you have help on the way coming very shortly. Um, uh. Means isn't gone at the end of the year. You still have him for a few years, so there's no reason, there's no right. need year, to trade him right now. Next year is his first year of arbitration, so he's not going to yeah. get expensive for a few more years. Yeah, and if, hey, listen, if if and if he's if he's as good as he's been to start this season, um, you have an ace um, to to lead the way. And so I, I think I, I just don't understand the logic on trading him because you're not going to get an ace like return for him. And at this point. We need, like, we need to start competing, and so yep. it, it doesn't make sense for me. Um, but I, in the meantime, whatever, I don't care. Um, and I saw someone tweet out that he's going to go. Uh, at what point does he go to the Yankees or Dodgers? And fine, we can be bitter and like that if you want. But in, I'm just going to enjoy watching John Means pitch every fifth day because it's pretty cool to watch just yeah. other opponents swing at his changeup or swing at his curveball when, when it's working. Um, and have no idea what's going on. And it's cool to see like today's start, like clearly to start the game, he didn't have fastball command. His curveball, he did not have cur- curveball command. But like throughout the game, he made the adjustments and got better. Oh, I also wanted to mention, which was kind of beautiful to see. And this is again a sign of a great pitcher could say, "Oh, that's not working. Um, let me make the adjustments." Not to mention, he he just pitched uh, recently against Oakland. So again, to, to to have the team face him again and still have success is pretty impressive. Speaking of adjustments, just yep. one other thing I want to mention before I forget it. Cedric Mullins, his first at bat, he struck out on a called strike three on an inside pitch that was, you know, a little bit inside. I thought maybe a little bit too inside. He had a couple of bad calls against him tonight at the plate. His next time up, an inside fastball, almost the exact same pitch, right, inside. And that's the ball he took for a home run. And so yeah. I thought that was just a beautiful at bat by Cedric Mullins. Such a mature at bat. To, to, to the pitch that he was caught on strike three, that same pitch, he took it 
um, in the right field for a home run. I thought that was a, a super mature at bat for guys. Cedric Mullins. Yeah, right, absolutely. That, that's the step that you want to see a guy like Cedric Mullins, especially a guy like Cedric Mullins, where you're also kind of just enjoying the show, wondering it's going to end at some point. Like he doesn't have a long track record, just like John Means, of showing that he can do this for uh, an entire season. So to, for him to be able to make adjustments in game shows that this is a different Cedric Mullins than last year. Yeah, and the, the and the, the other thing that's surprising with Cedric Mullins, I don't know how much this will last, and it doesn't need to last, honestly. He can be a great player without this, but I'm surprised with the power. And it was a little bit funny because Cedric Mullins was like trying to hit on a bunt in, his, in like his, the, yeah. the first swing he tried to bunt, and then the next, uh, the, the next pitch or the first pitch he tried to bunt, the next pitch he hit a home run. So I think the power from Cedric Mullins for me, at least, I think it's four home runs on the year. The, the power has been surprising. I didn't expect him to have that part of the game. And I don't know, like, is he capable of hitting 15 to 20 home runs? That, that, that's something I was not expecting and, and would be pretty cool out of Cedric Mullins, that, that power element. Yeah, it just shows you how much uh, this approach of, like, not being a switch hitter is totally working out for him and something um, – that, I mean, it's something that we could not have predicted because none of us expected, all right, he's only going to bat on one side of the plate and he's going to do it against any pitcher in any game and perform this well. Yeah, and I mean, the numbers against left-handed pitching, today was a right-hander, but the numbers of left- left-handed pitching are over 400, so that's been kind of mind-blowing. We'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll see if it lasts. I mean, again, we don't expect him to hit you know, 360 all year, but but we'll see how well he can hit. And... Just seeing, I love also the, the speed element, and I know that wasn't on super display today, right. but you have that plus the haze, the Mullins and the haze, the the one two, the ability to hit home runs, but also the ability to, to get on base and steal, to bunt for a hit, the speed that the top of the order. Like I don't think, like we haven't had a true number one leadoff hitter since like Brian Roberts, right? And now all right. of a sudden we have this great one two combination of guys who can hit for for average, um, can hit for a, a little right. pop, and but, can also uh, have speed. And I think that's it's beautiful to start our... Right, but that brings it back to what the Orioles are not good at is manufacturing runs and getting those guys on base and then moving around the bases. That's where the speed's going to help you. So that's where the Orioles do need to work on that part. Yeah, of and it was a little bit... Because part of the problem with that, I think is because we don't have a full lineup because we have we got <laughs> Urias and Cisco yeah. and 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 Vleka and these guys who and, who are yeah. kind of 4A players. Right. Who, well, who, Galvis should be back tomorrow. Yeah, and, and hopefully – I think Franco should be back soon too, right? It doesn't seem like a big right. deal with Franco right. either. Now, there was bad news that Santander is another three weeks out from yeah. his sprained ankle. Yeah. So uh, – but Stewart seems to be holding down okay out there. Yeah, I mean it's 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 an opportunity, right? It's an opportunity for Stewart to play every day. Yep. Um, and I don't know if he would be playing as much. I, I know he wouldn't be playing as much if Santander was here. And so it's a good opportunity for him because he's another guy where he's still trying to prove himself. And so, um, yeah. and he's got guys behind him fighting, like McKenna and Diaz, down in Norfolk, fighting for those opportunities as well. Yeah, yeah. And so and so we'll see. I mean, Stewart was over three today, but he did have the walk. Um, he has struggled as of late. He, he got off to a good start, and you all of a sudden you look down, and I just checked he's batting 179. Like, oh, what happened there? Because um, he got up to a strong start, but lately yep. he's been struggling at the plate. 
Um, look, just looking at his, at his last seven games, he only has two hits. He has 24 bats for two hits for DJ Stewart. Yeah, that's um, not good. No, it seems like uh, ever since he moved into that four hole, it seems like anyone who gets moved into the four hole all of a sudden can't hit it hit anymore. Maybe that's part of the problem. Don't move Cedric Mullins to the four hole, please. That's not what no, I like. Uh, Mullins is the perfect leadoff hitter. Yeah, it's working great. Great. Yeah. So I'm. I mean, this is just a great way to start the road trip too. Also, just and I don't know. This is probably not a big deal at all, and I shouldn't even say anything about it. But I, you just observe, and I'm maybe I'm just so optimistic because we just won, and I'm kind of in a good mood about it. But. And I'm sleep deprived because last night I had to stay up for Baltimore fans. Oh, this is tough. Last night we had to stay up, watch the the draft. Yeah. Now tonight we have the West Coast trip. I mean, Baltimore fans aren't sleeping right now. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. yeah. Thankfully, we get Saturday and Sunday. We get three o'clock games. Yeah, that's good. So that'll help us out until we then get some more uh, late night games. Yeah, but and maybe this means nothing. But and it probably means nothing. But you just notice how in to the game everybody is, right? Like they did shots of the of the dugout and everybody was up. Like everybody yeah. was up. Some people weren't even on the field. Like, they were up in the top seat. You thought you saw tra- tra- Travis Lakins who got the big fly out kind of pump his fist. Like it, you just, everyone was really into the game. It felt like, um, and of course, like why wouldn't they be They're major players? This is a professional game, but I feel like, I don't know. I feel like in the past that like, we've seen, maybe people have been disengaged and, Totally. Um, looks like them them not caring. And maybe it's early in the season still, and that's why. But right now, it's really cool to see everyone so into the game and kind of passionate about, about playing baseball. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought it was cool to see uh, John Means come out onto the field to congratulate uh, who was uh, who came in before him, Paul Fry or Lackins. They got the outs right to get out of the inning after him. After Lakins? Uh, yeah, I think it was. Uh, it was I think it was no, Fry and then Lakins. It was Fry. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, can, yeah come out after Mount and, and like kind of congratulate and thank Paul Fry for getting out of that inning and stuff. It's cool. Yep. Where in many times we'd see the starting pitcher gets pulled, you never see him again. He went into the locker room. Yeah, and he's gone. So and that was, yeah. and and just real quick, Fry pitched well, and that th- this was one for me. You know, there, there's moments right that changed the game, um, and there were missed opportunities for the Orioles where we could have kind of put this game away. But there was some also opportunities for the A's where they did not take advantage. Mm-hmm. One of them was right when Fry entered the game. Um, what's his name? Kemp walked. And then um, he stole second. Right. And then there was the play where Cisco just, you know, he's a catcher. By definition, his kind of main job is to catch right. but he can't the catch. baseball. But he can't always do that, which is unfortunate if you're a catcher, if you can't always catch it. And so there was a ball where he dropped the ball and Kemp, and he was looking for it. It was running his feet. It was one of those silly things where he, he's running around the backstop and it's right by the plate. Anyway, uh, and Kemp got the third in the play. And so th- then there's a runner. It's a, you know, it's a one-run game, 3-2 game in the bottom of the eighth, a runner on third with one out, right? And then Fry got the huge strikeout um, because they're a, 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 the infield was in, right? So any kind of hit to the infield can go through. A sacrifice fly scores a run. It's a tie game. So you need a strikeout there. And Fry got a strikeout. And then they brought in Lagans to get the final out. So that was another kind of cruel, uh, crucial moment of the game where, again, we've seen our bullpen, and Fry has been so good this year, um, uh, step up with a big strikeout when we needed the strikeout. So that, that was another key moment in tonight's game, yeah. in tonight's 3-2 victory. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think that's probably a good spot to stop and uh, move forward. Tomorrow we got Matt Harvey on the mound at a 4.07 start in Oakland against Lurzardo. 
Yeah, and that's going to be an interesting game because we've used Valdez pitched in back-to-back games, Fry pitched in back-to-back games, Lakins pitched yep. in back-to-back games. So, I mean, Scott, you can you can throw Scott in there um, tomorrow, but it's going to be interesting what bullpen arms are available. Maybe Plucko will be available again. Be interested yeah. to see who what arms we use and how deep Harvey can go into the game, and, and if Harvey can build in build on last his last start, which was his best start of the year. Right, right. If Harvey can get through those five innings. At least five. I think five is the best we've seen from him. That'll really help out this bullpen. Well, and I tell you what, Josh, I, I don't want to say it's a must win, right, for the Orioles this early in the season <laughs> because yeah, the Orioles really, there's really no must wins. <laughs> but right. if, It'd be a, you know, it would be a big win. Well, if, if you want to win the series against Oakland, you got to win tomorrow because Sunday it's Zimmerman versus their uh, Manea, their, their best pitcher. Going against our Zimmerman, you know, who struggled uh, his, his last time out. So if if you want to if you want to win the series, I think you need to take tomorrow's game, or it's going to be tough to win the series. Yep, and that's what I'll say we that. always say: just win series. There so we go. Let's hope Matt Harvey holds up to what he's going to do. Uh, I'll be back on the Birdland Tonight post game show after tomorrow's game. Not sure who's joining me yet. We'll have to wait right. and see. How exciting! The unknown, the mystery, a mystery right. guest. Yeah, if you just play you. well, I start to get text messages saying, hey, I'll come on. I'll join you. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I'll check. it might be me. Yeah, I'll see, I'll see how the game's going. And I'll let yeah, you know. Of course. Yeah. That's how it goes. All right, Matt. Well, thanks for uh, staying up into the next month. Absolutely. I'm, I was pumped to do it for, for a win. I'll stay, I'll stay up all night for a win, Josh. <laughs> it's way better to do these late nights with a win. Absolutely. All right, guys, thanks for checking out Birdland tonight. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Uh, rate, review, five stars, all that stuff over in iTunes or podcast app. And uh, again, share the video, spread the word. Tell your friends that this is where to go after every Oriole game. We'll talk to you later. See ya.